Boom, what's happening team? My name is Jack Nagel and this is the Real Drug Talk podcast. Uh, today's episode was really cool. Uh, we had Doos on the podcast. You can check out his music on Spotify. Um, uh, and it was really cool to have him on the show because I've been on his podcast, I think at the start of last year or something. And he his podcast is called uh, Deep Down something like that real deep down under or deep down under australia hold on i'm gonna bring it up so that i don't actually fuck it up um but yeah and on his podcast he in you know interviews people uh from around the country that have interesting stories usually stories of you know kind of coming back from the brink a little bit mental health challenges um yeah overcoming adversity all that sort of stuff so uh, it was really cool to interview him because, as I said at the start of the show, I actually listen to his podcast all the time because um, Deep Down Under, it's called Deep Down Under. There you go, got my shit together. Um, so, yeah, because I actually listen to his podcast uh, because he lives or lived around the same areas. I never knew him like growing up, growing up but he kind of interviews some different people that were around the area, you know, doing um, graffiti and just like kind of known in the area, I suppose. Um, so yeah, it's kind of interesting to me to listen to their story. So I love his podcast. It's one of the it's one of the ones I listen to all the time. So um, it was really cool to interview him and hear his story. Make sure you go and give him some love on the music. I think he's starting to, you know, kind of put his story out there. Hasn't really put it out too much on media. Um, so yeah, we feel really blessed and honored to, to have him on the show and, and yeah, be a platform for, for letting him, you know, put his experiences out there with, with mental health and drug use and, and stuff like that. So hope you guys enjoy the show as always, if you or someone you love is struggling, um, with addiction issues, we run a program called connection based living where we help people to transform their lives out of addictive patterns without going to rehab. If that's of interest to you, you don't want to engage in the traditional treatment system. You don't think you need to be locked away for 30 to 90 days away from your families and friends to get better. Um, we might be able to help. So check out the links there. Hope everyone is staying safe at the start of this year, enjoying a bit of sun and hot weather. Well, anyway, down here in Melbourne, things are kind of back to normal. So hope you're enjoying that. Um, and nevertheless, I'll shut the fuck up and let's get into the show. Peace. All right, boom. Welcome everyone to another episode of Real Drug Talk. Um, hey, today's going to be a cool episode because I feel like I get to interview somebody that I'm a fan of because I actually listen to his podcast. Um, what now he goes by the 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 name of Doos. You can check out his his music and and all that stuff on Spotify. But what's the podcast called again? Deep Down Under. I just Deep type in Doos to Spotify and it comes up. Deep Down yeah, Under. Yeah. Yeah, um, and I've been on his show, um, but the reason I love your show, right, because it super trips me out. I don't know a lot of the dudes, but we, and I, and I didn't know you before we we touch base and got connected through people in the area, but I grew up in a similar area to you and and similar sort of like culture, I guess. Mm. So I kind of like, when I listen to it, I like 
know of some of the dudes and like I can really relate to like what they're talking about and it fucking spins me out you know so yeah it's awesome to have you on the show mate and talk to you how you going yeah good man good super stoked to to finally come on and and do the show you asked me to come on last year but there was a lot of trials and tribulations that ended up happening after we spoke and yeah man I've just been sort of working through that and also doing the music and 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 trying to get all back on while dealing with these these situations that have gone down yeah 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 it's been um it's been fucking a mad couple of years that's for sure Mm. um so where are you dude uh for anyone watching that looks like a cool fucking place (laughs) that you're in like what is that a fucking cabin in the trees or some shit pretty much exactly is exactly right since i've left melbourne man there's been a lot of cabin and trees time and a lot of self-inquiry so i'm up in northern new south wales nice on the border sort of near southeast queensland and um, yeah, man, lovely little town surrounded by really progressive people. And um, it's been super eye-opening. That's awesome. That's awesome. So let's jump into it. So um, tell us a bit of your story. Like, you know, obviously this is uh, Real Drug Talk and and your your podcast is actually quite similar, isn't it? It's like, mm. it's, it's sort of people's, not just drugs and alcohol, just everything, people's like challenges. Man, it's, uh, it's, everyday yeah, people it's, and how they overcome it yeah exactly man it's all about it's all about relatability like one of the main things for me is hearing people speak hearing stories being able to relate to it and and we're all born equal you know what i mean every human yeah. has the same ability it's all about mindset and and believing in yourself and hearing a story of of someone else's journey is you know as hard as it is to be vulnerable and speak about yourself it's where all the growth is and you know, things can be daunting and everything's daunting at the start, but it's, it's, yeah, it's priceless. 100%. So yeah, basically look upon reflection, I think, you know, there's a multitude of reasons why I ended up getting on drugs, you know, and, and why I went down that path going back to, I'll, I'll try to go through it pretty briefly, but you know, and I'm not, I'm not bad mouthing the schooling system for everyone, but everyone is different. So how can you give a a particular system to every single individual on this earth when everyone has different needs, different, you know, different functions, the way that their mind works. So pretty much, um, and just pull me off if if you want to. I think the schooling system is dumb too. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Yeah. So, (laughs) you know, my first day of school, I grew grew up in Ireland for eight years, you know, and I went into school my first day and there's, there's these coloring crayons on the table. I've pulled a crayon out and started drawing on a piece of paper, you know, yeah. And the teachers come over and slam the desk and she's going, what are you doing? What are you doing? You can't be drawn without saying something to me. You know what I mean? And she's blown up in, in that school. We weren't allowed to run around. You weren't allowed to do anything. You had to walk. And if you were oh, caught you running, grew up in, sorry, you said Ireland. Yeah. Ireland first. So till I was eight. So I had two years of school. Oh, wow. Ireland. Cool. And their system was, was even more stricter to hear. So right, right. you weren't allowed to run. You weren't allowed to do anything at lunch. Like you literally had to eat your lunch and stand still. And I'm already thinking at five or something going, what the, this doesn't, what the fuck is going on here? You know what I yeah, mean? Spending yeah. eight hours there a day. Like it's, it's going to take its toll. So, and I was already, you know, I love talking and I love being creative and through the whole of school that was yeah. disruption. You know what I mean? So then went through primary school. And I was making rap music at like, you know, I moved to Australia, started going to school here and I yeah. was writing raps and getting into graffiti. My uncle was, was a graffiti writer from the eighties and I was going and, and watching him doing the walls. And I was like, this is what, this is what's up. You know yeah. what I mean? Like this yeah. is what I'm about. Like, I don't know what, what that's all about. 
And what and what whereabouts in Melbourne? Like what train line? Yeah, I guess Frankston. So Frankston, we yeah. moved to Australia and and moved to Frankston, and then basically, yeah, was going to school, and I was just this disruptive Irish kid, basically with the Irish accent, <laughs> <laughs> just like the lucky charm. And um, yeah, went went to primary school, went to another primary school, and then was yeah getting in a lot of trouble. Like in, in school, my parents were getting called in a lot, and. I was just getting told off for being me. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I excelled in English and, and sports and really everything else wasn't going too well. Like I'd get in primary school, I'm 11 years old. I was getting sectioned off into a little section. I wasn't allowed to leave, you know, yeah. this section at lunch. And then, like <laughs> I can tell you now, I wasn't doing anything bad enough to be, to be deserving that, you know, yeah. and yeah. There's, there's definitely a better way to deal with that. Um, and then, yeah, a lot of detentions went to, went through primary school. So I'm already starting to feel like what a, you know, disconnected from, from everyone else, like on, on reflection, I didn't realize this at the time, but the more I've reflected in the last few years, the more I realized how I was feeling. Yeah. So went from there into high school and yeah, went to a school, a first school was a really good school. And, um, I went there and was there for about six months, but a lot of the kids at that school were really, you know, elite sort of kids. Like they had, yeah. Like, their families were pretty loaded and they were like really good at sports. Like, you know, a lot of them went to become professional rugby players and, and things mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. And I was also being super disruptive and um, getting more into graph and also trials and tribulations at home. It, yep. it ended up that came to an end after about, I think nearly the first year. So I was getting more into graffiti and then started drinking a little bit and stuff like that. And then went to the second school, started sort of meeting people you know, in the similar scene, feeling a similar way. And that second school was like the one in Ireland, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. almost like a modern day prison, you know, blazes, super religious. And, and that's, I got nothing against if you're religious, but I mean, just the way that they were going about it, really traditional, you know what I mean? And um, yeah, sort of started drinking and, and hanging around people and doing a lot of graph and going around to a particular mate of mine and his, I started getting exposed to drugs around that age. That was probably like, 13 or 14 like i remember being at his house going into the kitchen and his older brother and everyone they were all whacking up yeah and i was like oh what the fuck <laughs> you know what i mean like, yeah it's pretty full on when you're like young and it all yeah you and see I'm, it all yeah i'm starting to take take all that on and so luckily before i was exposed to people smoking meth i'd had a lot of sort of incidents you know in early years where i was like that's you know that's fucked up like I've, I've seen, yeah. I've already seen what that's done by, you know, 13, 14. So school's going along. Yeah. Um, you know, getting in a lot of trouble basically. And, you know, like getting, getting detentions, getting suspended. Like for one example, I could tell you, and then I'll move on from the school, but just, just how dysfunctional it is. Like one time I got a holiday homework and I did the, something happened with the holiday homework. I came back, we're in a school assembly. And yeah. I'm, you know, 14 or 15, maybe. And he goes, first thing he says before he announces anything to do with the year, he goes, dudes, have you done your holiday homework in front of everyone? Yeah. And I've gone, yeah, yeah, I have, but I've had to come down and I'm talking to him in front of everyone. And I'm like, I've just got this little bit missing. He goes, go to the office, leave. So I had to leave, go to the office. I get there, I pull out my phone to call my mom. The principal catches me and he goes, no phones at school, takes the phone off me, goes into the office. You know what I mean? Like that feeling of, of isolation and dealing with a child, I don't know what sort of system that is, but 
experiences like that definitely started more and more have taken their toll, you know, and as I was spending more time on the street and, and started partying and then I started taking drugs, you know, like I've always been here. You go. Yeah. Like it's, it's interesting listening to, and mm. I love that you like kind of can reflect on that and, and understand how much of an impact. Cause I relate to it so much. I've got like little tingles on the back of my neck and it's funny, you know, I just always think about how many kids are like that. And like what you said, it's not solely blaming the school system, but it's a big like impact. If you're feeling excluded and um, yeah, like different from the, you know, that system and being pushed out and not, not being sort of like cultivated in Mm. that space, then you particularly when you're young and you're looking for like your identity and all that stuff, you're going to find belonging in other places, aren't you? <laughs> 100%, man. Exactly yeah. right. So, so then from there, out of school was getting into graph, which, which was a savior and you know, it was awesome. And it's led me to, led me to have awesome experiences in life. But with that, that scene, you know, there's a lot of hard drugs and a lot of in, in that area at the time, I don't know what it's like now, but around Frankston, there was heavy, heavy violence, like yeah, heavy. Yeah. Like low socioeconomic, yeah. like yeah, back yeah, then yeah. as well. Back yeah. then. So, you know, there was no PSOs and there was parties and the, the, the fights and things like that were, were crazy. So being surrounded by that and then toxicity at school started taking drugs a little bit. And, and then basically I left, that school went to another school where my peers were who were doing the same thing. And um, yeah, that was sort of where things went even more downhill, like um, taking drugs really frequently. And, you know, I'm not even 18 yet by this point, most weekends, spending a lot of time out on the street and getting a lot of, whether I had it before I may have, but getting a lot of anxiety and depression, but not knowing what that was never being taught what my emotions are and how to deal with them. Like I remember particularly one time, saying to, I think it was my mum, like, I feel like there's this cloud over my whole body and it only yeah, goes yeah. away when I take a deep breath. Like I literally remember saying that to her. Right. Wow. And she was like, Oh, like not knowing how to deal with it. Like those generate previous generations and even this generation starting to get better now, but haven't been taught what that is. And, yeah. and you know, so that definitely would have had a lot to play with, with what happened, you know, around but- that time. Yeah. So, so that's so interesting. Uh, Like other than those feelings coming in, were you just like having an awesome time? Like it's just like, and I think that's what people don't understand. Like when you're young like that and all that's going on, even though it's fucking madness and you have those moments and and there's fights and shit and you're like, fuck, this is tripped out. The overall thing, it's just like one big adventure and you just like having the time of your life. (laughs) Bro, that's what I mean. So a hundred percent, you are having the time of your life and that's where I want to, try and just get the message across to through my platform to younger younger generations like i feel like it's it's as you become older it's your it's your responsibility to be an elder and pass on messages things that you've learned you know yeah and it's just balance like that is the only thing i would preach is some of the the most mind-altering revelations i've ever had have been you know during some of these times but balance if you're going to continue to smash it you're going to have it's going to all come crashing down and you're going to have to recover. And, you know, that's the sort of thing I really want to prevent. Yeah. So yeah, basically at that time, got a, got a partner who had really similar views to me and, and and thinking about that, I think it was, I don't know where I'd be without her. And likewise, you know, we were listening to a lot of music that corresponded with how we were both feeling about the world and about everything, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And um, a lot of documentaries and reading and, you know, we had a similar upbringing, her family's from the UK. So we were partying a lot and, and really, looking back on it, like 
as much as there was all the crazy shit, there was these experiences we were having that, you know, a lot of people weren't going to have in their lifetime, you know, yeah. um, but at the same time, <laughs> you know, there's serious trials and tribulations were happening at home and um, police were coming to my house and, and, you know, so it was all getting quite dark, you know, yeah. um, and my mental and, health. Yeah. And that's the thing. And sorry to interrupt, like, and yeah, because good. this is like the point that everybody has to know, like the, the reason why, particularly young people, but anyone, right. The reason why people take drugs and do it and drink alcohol mm. is because it's fucking fun mm. <laughs> for a long time. Totally. And then it just fucking turns on you quickly. You know what I mean? Like, and, and then it's too late and you're sort of stuck, you know? So, yeah. but I, I just think it's so important, particularly if you're like a parent listening to this, you know, and I talk to parents all the time, like, mm. They're like, well, how do we fucking stop it from happening? And it's sort of, it's really hard, you know, because of what society says, but you almost got to get out of that thinking of like, not how can I stop it, but how can I have a different influence and how can I impact and, and just get like a healthy message across that 100%, man. might just ring true whilst all this other stuff's going along, you know? Yeah, totally. It's our relationship with the drugs. Like you said that to me when, when I had you on the podcast and, yeah, it's not the drugs themselves. It is the way that we approach them. You're told not to do something. You're going to do it. Something feels good. And especially if you're not fitting into all this other shit. Okay. I'm having a great time doing this. This is what I'm going to continue to do, you know? Yeah. And just like how you said, you know, and that's why the way that we think about addiction has to change is it's like, you're not like just a fucking addict, just yeah. like what you said, you're out there. Like it's a, it's a bit of a paradox. On one hand, you're having a fucking great time. You're having the time of your life. But unknowingly, you've got this shit building up, this anxiety, a bit of depression, but you just don't know because there's, yeah, because there's substances all the time. But Mm. that's kind of like fueling the fire and and that's kind of how it happens for people. So, yeah, man, super interesting how you describe it. It's really good. Totally. And then it's it's interesting breaking it all apart as well because, so that was going on. Yeah, my parents split up and, and that was really messy. I was getting deeper and deeper into it at this particular point. I was probably about 18. taking a lot of drugs and a lot of crime and, but I was working as well through all this. So I don't really know how that, how that worked. Like I spoke to a psychologist and broke it down in more detail to her. And she was like, I don't know how that was possible, but yeah, was, was working. And I think I was about yeah 18, the last year of school. Sorry, I should add, is another thing. I was just asleep most of the time or not there. You know what I mean? And the teacher used to say, Oh, he's having like his nap time. (laughs) <laughs> and like, if you think about that, like you're in, I mean, I'm not judging them because they may not know, have known how to approach it, but there's clearly something wrong there, you know? Yeah. What I mean? And, and someone in, in my opinion, surely should have come in and said something, but yeah. So anyway, started plumbing. Right. And this is another thing that I'm super passionate about is the, the construction industry and just how dysfunctional that can be. So I started plumbing um, three days a week and it, it was a really toxic environment, the head plumber that I was working with and the machine operator were addicted to meth, right? Yeah. So I'm on the weekend doing this, then going to work and they're giving me drugs with them, you know? And it's like every every environment at that time was saturated with heavy drugs, no matter where, no matter where I went, you know? Yeah. And it's funny, like the construction industry is so brutal and everyone has this hard exterior, masculine vibrato, but it's just hiding from insecurity and it's just, it's just 
people don't know how to express themselves. You know, like I was seeing dudes on site crying, fully grown men crying and having, but not crying in a way of let's have a chat, just in meltdown, you know? Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, and, and just sort of witnessing that and being in that and then me having to build up this, this exterior as well to suit that, you know what I mean? To suit that environment. And, yeah. um, and then, yeah, it sort of just snowballed from there, man. Things got a lot worse. Like Xanax came into the mix, which I'm sure you know all too well how bad that is. We're drinking heavy alcohol. like Pinch in a bottle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of people around me started smoking meth and just going further down that rabbit hole. I luckily never smoked it. I, I sniffed it a lot, but yeah. yeah, luckily didn't smoke. And as you said before, right, it sounds like it's, it's a nightmare of a time. And it was, there was a lot of darkness going on, but at the same time, it was a lot of fun. Like we, we started going to festivals and a lot of raves and, you know, and I'm not uh, recommending this, but having really good quality MDMA where I'm feeling these depths of love yep, that yep. I've never experienced before. And then carrying, I still carry that with me today. You know what I mean? Knowing that that's a possibility mm. and um, dropping all barriers with other people and having deeper conversations and, and stuff like that. But yeah, you know, it was, it was, it was awesome, but it was also super dark. Started traveling overseas, um, experiencing different cultures. And that, that was a massive breaking point as well to realize, oh, okay, you know, I was going over there and painting and people are loving the art and it's, it's just yeah. brought new perspectives and having new experiences. And about 18 started experimenting with, with psychedelics. And I remember sort of having profound internal realizations at that point. Um, and, and that sort of reaffirming a lot of the stuff that I was thinking, you know? So did that, was that like helpful in, in helping you to, I don't know, just like curb your, just like the destruction path well, that you're on a little bit or. Yeah. Well, not quite yet. Not quite yet. Definitely in the, like it, at the time, like, whoa, having a, having a beautiful experience and that definitely resonating and almost bringing a spiritual element into my life, but not knowing exactly what that meant. You know what I mean? But knowing that yeah. the connection from this experience is more than, I can even explain, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, but basically then me and my mum moved into my nan's after that. And then, yeah, the drugs were just frequent, you know, um, everything pretty much under the sun started hating my job, but also started kickboxing, which was, which was lucky, which has ended up being a great tool in the future. Yeah. Um, but yeah, basically all, yeah, always looking for, for connection and experience and always just wanting to, look for answers, like the truth of what it really is to, to, to be a human, you know what I mean? And never yeah. really, nothing else really making as much sense and just hunting for it in the wrong ways. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so yeah, at that point going through the 20 and everyone, you know, my peers started to slowly, everyone sort of started to slowly fall apart. You know, you could see people are starting to go to hospital and people are having these massive meltdowns. Like we we're at a festival once just for one example. Um, yeah, we're at a festival and I got back to the campsite and there's a fire truck crane craned up to the top of the van, craning off three of my mates because they'd blown out on GHB, you yeah. know, taking them to the medics. And at that time there was no really elders that knew what was going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. We were sort of just in our own reality and we didn't have any older mates who had worked through this stuff themselves. So it was all, it all just was sort of, when you're in it, you, you don't realize how, how toxic it is, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Then about 21 went to, uh, another compilation of things like went to a new company and this, this guy, another thing about the construction industry as well was absolutely insane. Like 
you know, he'd had lipo because he was too fat, but he, eating these bacon and egg rolls every day, he's making the apprentices cry, he's screaming at everyone every morning. <laughs> and he's not happy, man. And no one there is happy. And every, every construction company I worked at it to this point, none of them were happy. And I'm like, there is just red flags popping up every, like, what's going wrong. You know what I mean? I'm trying to figure yeah. out what's going wrong in all these people's lives and including mine at this time. Um, yeah. And yeah, my, my ex-partner broke up with me at that point. Yeah. And that's sort of when the mega spiral um, right. happened, you know, that's when my mental health seriously deteriorated, um, you know, massive insecurity issues, anxiety, depression. Um, yeah. You know, I don't know how I kept the job, man. I, I really don't. It's kind of, it's kind of hard to fire apprentices and I'm also a hard worker, but yeah, sort of a lot of, um, a lot of drugs and just going out and attracting to toxicity. You know what I mean? A lot of street fights and I'm not a, an aggressive or violent person. I've always been a loving person. I mean, everyone is at the start until life sort of has its twists and turns, but yeah, yeah, just, just attracting toxicity and getting psychosis as well. And yeah, when was that? 20, end of 2017, 2018. Yeah, yeah. So 2018, finished my apprenticeship and yeah. I was, yeah, pretty much just bendering every weekend and so was everyone else and, and you know, uh, made a mind passed away at that point. That was the first person who sort of passed away that um, I was growing up with. And um, that, was, that was heavy, you know what I mean? I was like, okay. And seeing people sort of drop off around me, like people were ending up doing all sorts of shit and I'm realizing. Yeah. And people fucking fuck each other over. Exactly. And so then, that's, yeah. yeah. So this point is where what you were saying before, it is all fun and it's all, it's all great. You know what I mean? You're having a good time. Yeah. And then it's like the movie you see. Yeah. And you know, when they're at the, it's like Wolf of Wall Street, when he's in his prime and he's doing all this crazy shit and everything's all good. And then it all comes, it all comes tumbling down, you know, yeah. like no, light at the end of that tunnel in that life you know there really isn't like it's um it's nothing but destruction so basically then i went this was the this was sort of the final final card i went overseas for six months um and yeah i saved a lot of money like i was working hard all the time so i was being able to support essentially a drug habit yeah that's basically what it was yeah and um, functional quote unquote drug habit <laughs> <laughs> you know so went overseas for six months and that was pretty much six months of, of straight um, self-destruction. And don't get me wrong, had amazing times and experiences on that trip. Yeah. But it was, it was just sort of the, the icing on the cake of, of, of the breaking point. Yeah. Basically at the end of that, I knew, I knew that I was, something was going wrong. You know, I couldn't wake up without having a drink. And my housemate, he, he's a great guy, but he has his own trials and tribulations. He was addicted to some pretty, pretty heavy, heavy drugs. So there was needles yeah. around our apartment. And um, yeah, just we're starting to get social issues, social problems. And that's just not like me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So at that point I was like, and you know, we're sniffing a lot of meth as well um, at that point, like in, in Asia, it's pretty easy to get, you'd be surprised, but you know, and you just get into these habits. So this is what's happening at that point. And yeah, hit, hit a pretty, pretty sort of manic period at that point, you know, like yeah. there was no hiding, hiding the fact that there was something seriously wrong and it would have happened earlier, but I think I do have quite a strong mind. So it was hard to, the hardest part as well, I found was accepting that something is wrong. You know, yeah. <laughs> when you've been doing something for so long and then you, you start malfunctioning, you're like, who am like what am what the fuck's happening? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who am I? 
And yeah, basically after that, I went to, and there's, there's, I could go into depth, but we don't have all day, you know, but at the end of that, I was like, something's seriously going wrong. Um, you know, I've got to do something about this. So yeah, I went to Thailand and I don't know if anyone, no one on a surface level would be able to tell, you know, the people I was traveling with, I never really showed it. It's all, yeah. a lot of it was internal, even until, you know, the last two years. Um, I went to Thailand for three weeks to do a Muay Thai intensive sort of training detox, yeah. which was the beginning of uh, the next sort of two years of, of um, recovery, I suppose, you know. I went over it's, there. It's, yeah, it's, it's funny that, right, like the thing where no one can really tell, like, mm. you know, I remember with my mates that like the core group of us all ended up like, you know, changing our lives up separately to each other and we kind mm. of like reconnected on the on the other side if you can put it that way mm. and it was funny to kind of go we were sitting around in a room with each other for like years and obviously we all knew that we we're on drugs and whatever but mm. no one ever talked about really like what was kind of going on internally or how bad things were or what was going on at home or whatever the fuck totally and then like flash forward onto the other side of things years later, we're like, yeah, this was happening at this time. And it's just a spin out to like, think that everybody can be in the same room doing the same thing, but nobody's really talking about what's going on. hundred percent. And you mean as in, they were saying, this is how I was feeling at that time. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And exactly. they, and they never did at that, like in the moment they never did. And we're all sitting in the room, kind of all fucked feeling the same, but mm. no one was like talking about it. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's, it's yeah, it is super interesting. And like, yeah, it's funny as well. Like we used to talk actually, but I don't know if I'd ever talk, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know if yeah. I'd ever, I'd ever sort of let Open my guard down in, in a way. Yeah. I don't even know if I really realized what was happening, you know, yeah. like, actually remember during that being over a lot of it a lot of it in my opinion is is not knowing what your emotions are and how to deal with them like not given any tools to deal with them another time I, I was somewhere with my ex-partner and I was like I just feel fucked you know what I mean I just feel like darkness you know and that's yeah. just to, it's depression and there's ways to manage that and there's ways to deal with that but you, you just don't get taught that unless yeah. your, your family were we're lucky enough to learn that in the and early I, And I also think like, I, I don't mean that like, cause I kind of get it and I relate to you so much, just like the, the kind of crew that you grew up with. It sounds exactly the same to, to, to me. And it's not like everyone's like full on hardened criminals or anything, but just in that sort of life as well, you don't want to let your guard down because like people will like sort of take advantage of you and like steal Bro, sorry, your shit or whatever. Yeah, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Sorry, that's another thing as well. Yeah, is that and you've also got a massive ego, basically. Yeah. You know, yeah. without realizing you've got like I had a skinhead for seven years. You know what I mean? And I thought that was me being anti-systematic, but in reality, it was actually just me trying to build an outer shell. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to build an outer shell and protect myself from these violent environments that I was explaining earlier, and you yeah. don't realize that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Um, it's it's yeah, it's it's absolutely crazy, man. So then after that, I, I pretty much came back to Australia, the end of 2018, and I went to after the Thailand trip. Yeah. Um, yeah, went went to got back, and I was I was feeling my whole body had broken out with with sores, and I had the shakes, and you know, mentally really fucked, like anxiety totally unbearable. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, pretty much got back to Australia, and I was just unhealthy like yeah, my body yeah. i was I, I was healthier from thailand but just feeling and looking unhealthy you know 
came yep. back, went straight to a festival. Um, old habits die hard and basically went to two festivals within a month of getting back. And yep. that was sort of, I realized that, oh, okay, I've got something severe going on. Like I was that paranoid. I couldn't be around anyone was in the tent, like in my tent sort of, um, you know, didn't want to see anyone or speak to anyone. Cause I was thought everyone was looking at me, you know, just, just extreme paranoia. And to the yeah. point where it was no longer, it couldn't at all be swept under the rug. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know if you want to say something or if you want me to talk about from there. No, nah, no, nah, keep, covering. keep, keep shooting, man. How did you, yeah. yeah. Like how did things change up for you? Yeah, yeah, cool. Cool. So got back from there and yeah, it, it's, it's fucking hard, man. Right. Because we're grown up in this culture where my family's Irish, you know what I mean? Alcohol is very prominent in, in our family and sure. in, in society here too. You go to the footy, they're advertising KFC, they're advertising fucking VB, you know, it's everywhere. Yeah. And, so I got back and I was like, all right, uh, after that, I was like, there's something seriously wrong. I sat down with, I think my family and, and told them, you know, what was happening. And I was just in pretty heavy depression. I started doing things um, to try and started going away. And uh, to be honest, you have to disconnect from what you're doing. Yeah, that was yeah. one of the main things. I stopped going to the parties. I started trying to do activities that were, weren't going to be around people like that. You know what I mean? I, I, I didn't yeah. surf much, but I tried, started surfing, started training a little bit. And it's basically, once you have that shift where you know you want to change, it's, if you really want it, it's, it's going to happen from there. So basically after that, I moved into a share house early 2019, which was a good and bad move. Best move I ever did, worst move I ever did for that time. We started, so it started again, right? Basically for about four months. And then I went, nah, fuck this. I need some time. So I went to Sri Lanka for six weeks, Yeah, went over there. And that was the main, definitely the, one of the main turning points. Like I went there and knew what my mission was. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was yeah. always drawn to sort of meditation and self-inquiry, but who did I have around that? Like from the festivals in the early years, there's a lot of that going on, but I was too insecure to actually suss it out and, and yeah. go and be a part of it, you know? And went over there and I mean... Yeah, it was epic, man. Like just went completely sober over there, started going to, to talks and just explaining my situation. And every single day I had a ritual of like getting up, trying meditation, going for a surf, going to yoga every day, like yin yoga, going to speaks and then getting guided meditations from a, a woman called David Q, who's like a guru that I met. And she. So that's what I was going to ask. Was it through like spiritual sort of like temples and shit that you're going to like talk to people or? Yeah, yeah. So basically... um, it was through a Listen to me, full bogan. Is it through like temples <laughs> <Yeah>. and shit? <laughs> oh, it's it's if, as long as the heart's there, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, we oh yeah, sorry, David Key and Charmy were their names, this wife and and right. uh, and husband. And yeah, we were going to all sorts of men, like you know, going to some really, really, really out there stuff. Like he got us dressing up in these um not not culty, just for experience, you know. We were yeah, yeah, yeah. In, um, these big sarongs with bongos and going to these, I wish I could remember the exact name right now, going to these temples and playing music with, with the locals and, cool, and man. getting out of our comfort zone. You know what I mean? And um, spending a lot of time speaking about Western culture and society and, and yeah. really breaking down, find reaffirming the thoughts that I've had since I was before I even understood them. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Feeling, and, and not that there's anything you know, it's just how it is right now, but I know that that's not what works for me. 
So, so you were kind of like, so, so a big part of the process was like changing your paradigm slash belief systems about the world and how like your culture and should be and how to act and all that stuff. The biggest shift was, okay, the world has some, some problems with it. You know Uh what I mean? The way that we, the, the food that we eat, the way that things are set up, the footy and that being that the stuff being at the footy for money, you know what I mean? A lot of things are about money and it's not in our best interest. Yeah. Um, and really perspective, yeah, on that I can create my own reality in the yeah. way that I treat myself and the way that I treat everyone that I meet, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and understanding why we do that and finding a community of people that are about that, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then also working through traumas and, and, and just speaking about a lot of shit, you know what I mean? Mate, it's so fucking tripped out. I've got like little tingles because this is the thing I realized like, uh, you know, um, oh, like I think it was probably about three, three years ago, four years ago, like, and where this whole like connection-based living thing was born out of because my change process came through like a different vehicle. You know what I mean? But yep. the fundamentals of like what you're talking about um, and, and what happened for me as well, which is, connected to yourself, finding a community connected to others and connected to some like bigger purpose that you want to do. Totally. Um, and within that, you know, like changing your belief systems, uh, focusing on like your health, all that stuff, right? Totally. It's it, no matter what vehicle people go through to get there, fundamentally it's all the same. It's so interesting, man. It's so interesting in terms of the process of like inverted commas recovery. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, why are we here at the end yeah. of the day? You know what I mean? And, and, and yeah, realizing that there is a higher purpose, you know, and it's for the greater good of, of it's for living a good life for, for yourself and for, you know, the next generations and, and trying to, trying to cultivate a life where we can be happy. You know, our past generations have been fed a system that clearly doesn't work. You know what I mean? Everyone's got cancer. There's a lot of people who are mentally unwell in, in the past generations. And, you know, they, I'm not saying I'm not bagging out on that. They just didn't have the tools and access to information that we, that I have been exposed to. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. Just that, like I heard this great quote because that some of my belief systems around, again, it's like exactly what you're saying. It's not like Western culture is all bad, totally. but it's not all good either. You know, and it's the same with the Eastern culture, you know, exactly. like it's not, and it's finding the happy medium, but it is interesting when you sort of have that moment where you wake up and you realize that, all right, there's never been more funding to mental health than ever, than there is now. Like it's, it's the most in history, but it's still not enough to deal with like the biggest mental health problems that we've like kind of probably had ever in history, or at least like talking about it, reporting on it. It was probably there to be honest before, but you know, it just seems like the problems are getting worse and more intensified and all that sort of stuff. And then like the other one that I heard that made me laugh, it's like you, you work so hard and neglect your health to get all this money that you end up spending at like the end of your life 100%. to fucking save yourself anyway. <laughs> 100% man. It's, 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 it is fucking crazy, you know, and that's, that is what we've been fed to believe that there is, you know, but we do have, we have a long, long time or a short time, however you want to look at it. You have a short or, you know, short time on this earth in terms of things, our, our existence is just a blimp. So we might as well enjoy it, find something that truly means is of worth to you and of the greater web of the world and, 
and and go for it, man. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And but yeah, after that, um, yeah, a, a lot of one of the key things was self inquiry. Like while I was there, I spent some time up in the mountains, yeah. and realizing, oh, thinking about how I was feeling in recent times in conversations while I was on drugs, realizing I'm actually quite a sensitive person. You know, have um, you know, have anxiety and these things that really never really didn't really have the tools to be able to look at them for what they are. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, pretty much got back from there and started training every day and just was hungry for now. I know I'm onto something good. You know what I mean? I'm like, this is, this feels good. And like, this feels real. So just started really looking, reading a lot and expanding knowledge, going to Wim Hof breath work stuff, doing breath work, a lot of meditation, good food, training, And sort of meeting different people that were into the same shit. Like anyone out there who's um, wants to do something or be someone, it's the best way to do it is to to just take the leap and then meeting people that are doing the same thing and letting them inspire you. You know. Yeah. Um. And yeah, man, just sort of evolved from there. Went to got lucky enough when I got back from there to um this guy. It's funny. I met him when we were both in the same years ago we were both at the same point of our lives you know we met when we were loose as in vietnam <laughs> and he uh he calls me at this time just after i got back from sri lanka and he goes hey man i can't get your name out of my head i've um i've just been invited to go do the switch humor ceremony and i just really need to invite you and i was <laughs> like fuck yeah i was like let's go so we ended up going there and that was another tipping point like that's where i mentioned at the start people's stories are so um medicinal like yeah. uh, i went to that and it was just men and we were sitting in a circle and we're sharing the deepest darkest shit you've ever heard and i'm sitting there going what the fuck is yeah. happening right now like what am i anxieties pulsing egos going out the roof you know what i mean my, my my shell's trying to protect itself yeah and yeah hearing their stories it was one guy there who'd been sober for a year and i was like oh how do you do that and and you know situations like that and being vulnerable man and, and just getting rid of the, the whole toxic masculinity um idea that that we've been fed to believe is the way you have to show up as a man and the vulnerability piece is like the, it's it's super scary but it's like the biggest thing isn't it and that breeds like the connection in all the other areas to yourself like with other people and opens up the doors 100 percent, man because at the end of the day what does all of that matter what are you trying to protect yourself from it's just yourself you know, yeah. like, it, it's <laughs> like, it's, it's, you're trying to, people are going to judge you no matter what. And I think, but, but, that, but that's the thing, right. As well. Like someone told me early on, which is true. And I forget it all the time. And mm. half the shit I do is to remind myself um, <laughs> of, of the shit that I'm talking about and that I need to do. Um, yep. <laughs> but you know, like when you think about it, like people might think about you for a couple of seconds and, think oh what is he cared or whatever but pretty much man like people don't give a fuck about you you know like they're too busy thinking about their own fucking shit you know and thinking about what other people are thinking about them you know like everybody's just thinking about themselves like 95 percent of the time (laughs) yeah but you know what's what's good is if even if they are thinking about you right you may be doing your thing and it may inspire them to go oh that's right i'm gonna you know oh it's a bit triggering but i'm gonna give that a shot and then yep. you know you you're creating a ripple effect um of 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 that but yeah then from there pretty much 
it just, as I said before, I was breeding toxicity in that, in those early times, when you start breeding positivity, it, the same thing, it just naturally yep. attracts towards you, you know? So yeah, started doing a lot of training, making a lot of music. And that's another thing for anyone who is in that position. I don't know if you have many young listeners, but people, there may be young listeners who listen to this. If you are getting that shit in school and, and all that, you've got something else in there. You know what I mean? Like yeah. uh, Tyson, the guy who wrote um, Sand Talk, he says, you know, if you want to look at the next generation of, um, of open thinkers and great thinkers, look in the detention room of a school. You know, you, yeah. you may just have something different, like a music, musical talent or acting or whatever it is. And that's what I found out later in life that, okay, yeah. I've actually got these skills and, and, and that's a gift. So yeah, basically since then, man, just been ups and downs. Obviously there's been, I mean, as I said to you last year, um, two really, really close friends of mine from those, uh, the, the prime time we were talking about earlier they, <laughs> and a lot of people have died since then, man, but two, especially really good mates of mine passed yeah. away. And that's sort of where, yeah, man, I sort of want to be able to make, share my story and also get in to that sort of community, man, and, and make the change. So I've spoken to you off air about it, but I'm planning on launching something that I'm not going to say yet because I haven't fully mapped out all the ins and outs of it, but it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. No, it's good to it's good to tease people anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. So so um, it's it's hard when people like because I've had that as well over the journey, mm. like where like good mates die, um, and it's just uh, yeah, it is super fucked up, and it, because it's just unnecessary, right? Right, you know that's what I mean? the thing. <laughs> it's it's totally unnecessary. These people were epic humans, artists, you know, just just different from the mold, and and so generous and, and kind you know and they're gone because because it's yeah i don't know it's a it is what it is but we platforms like yourself and and can definitely do something about that you know yeah One so thing, you, go, you go so so like what would you you know I know you can only really talk about what works for you but yep. like what do you kind of recommend to people if like it doesn't just have to be drugs and alcohol. They're struggling with like mental health, mm. whatever. Like what, what do you tell people to do? Like from your experience, is it just like what you said, like make that jump to change things up in your life and interrupt the pattern and the cycle of whatever you're doing? Definitely. I think um, one thing I wanted to, wanted to add is you're going to fall off and back on. Like yeah. since that whole Sri Lanka thing, I've fallen back off and back on, not in the last year, but before that, you know, at COVID when I was in Melbourne and stuff, I had some, some definitely falling off the rail moments, you know? So yeah. it's about going back and going back because what's worth more in this life than continuing to evolve, you know, what's yeah. worth more than being happy, you know? Um, but yeah, basically drastic change, I think. Yeah. Um, if you are in an environment that is just saturated and you, you can't get away from it, you need, to, you need to take yourself out of that environment. You need to yeah. get away and, and have time. For, for yourself you know if you're in your 20s so no matter what age you're at but it's super healthy to get out of the environment you grew up in and go and explore you know yeah being open the biggest benefit i've found in life even before this is being open to anything and judging it for yourself never judging never judging what anyone talks about until you try it yeah you know? if something that someone's people go oh buzzword and, and and all this stuff it's like give it a shot and try it and see if you like it but the main, the main things for me are setting yourself like a ritual 
I get up yeah. really early in the morning. And, yeah. you know, four to, I'm not saying this for, for everyone, but setting yourself a ritual early morning. Meditation, for yeah. sure, has been the biggest tool for self-inquiry. And really, I can't even explain what it's done. You know, like it's, it's just broadened my perspectives and my understanding of myself. And also, if you're a hyperactive person or, or you know, it just helps with a lot of different types of, of personality traits. Yeah. Um, and the teachings that come along with that, you know, like the, um, the lineages and all the information to that are for the highest good of humanity. You know what I mean? And at the end of the day, what's, what's worth more than that. So when you say yeah. like, cause I think that's interesting and sorry, everyone, it's the, the podcast called real drug talk. So sorry if you can hear my dog going nuts in the background, <laughs> um, real dog talk. That's right. <laughs> um, so so when you say, cause you said that a few times, like self-inquiry, yep. like what does, yep. what does that mean? And, and I think it's cool. Like I've been talking to people a lot about it lately. Like mm. what is like meditation and Hey, just let's pause for a second. Someone's yep. knocking on the door. Sorry, everyone. Yep, go for it. All good. Sorry, mate. Most hectic recording ever. Um, <laughs> people just rocking up to my house. Um, so, so yeah, I was just asking like, You've yep. mentioned the self-inquiry stuff a bit and just explain to me a little bit about like what meditation means to you. Cause I think that's like a piece for people where they're like unsure, you know. For sure. So I'll explain first the self-inquiry and awareness is understanding why you're doing anything that you do in this life. Right. Yeah. Why we habitually get into patterns of going down to the pub, writing ourselves off, eating food, that shit for us, you know, um, treating people in a certain way. Yeah. Um, you know, all, all sorts of different things, identifying when you're doing that, why you're doing it, and then steering it into a different direction. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, getting more in tune with your, your body and, and bringing down anxiety. So meditation at the start is super daunting. I started at that Sri Lanka trip, as I said, and I was sitting there on the top of a mountain Yeah. on what the fuck am I doing? You know, like, is, is this working? But you just have to have the trust that like anything, it will eventuate the more that you show up and, and practice. Um, but yeah, what it's, what it's doing is knowledge of self, understanding your mind. And it's almost like another communication center um, where you're getting chance to debrief, you know, without all the clutter. Yeah. Um, and then you can take that into to everyday life when you're interacting with someone being present and being aware of what you're saying to them, how you're impacting them. You know what I mean? When you're going to do um, any situation, it will start to carry with you in, into life, you know? Yeah. I th Cause I think it's interesting um, because like, you know, meditation for me anyway, I'm probably talking about me, but I have the same conversation with a lot of people it's a really good way that you explained it. I think it has to be de demystified a little bit, you know, because yeah. like I, um, I like people just think it's kind of woo woo or like you're going to fucking transcend into mm. like incense or something. I don't know. Like, <laughs> and I, <laughs> like what, what it is for, for me is, is yeah. something like that. You know, like I, I do the meditation mm. and it's nothing really feels like it happens most of the time when I'm actually doing it. But I just noticed that when I do it consistently, 
throughout my day, I'm got like much more control over like my emotional state or I react differently or like I get little different insights and stuff, you know, like, and I'm able to change as a result of that, you know? So totally, man. That's why I tried to keep it just sort of like it's awareness. Yeah. You know? yeah. It's awareness and self-inquiry. Like I said, learning about yourself and why you do things. Yeah. And then the books and all the things that come with it, if you want to then read into it, have practices that are just going to, they're just putting you on a good trajectory for life. Yeah. If yeah. you're in a position where you are self-destructive, like, as I mentioned, I was falling back onto these patterns, you know, it's, it's habits are hard to break. You're, you're, you're continuously being self-destructive. Why is that happening? Yeah. You know, um, and it may be, then you can, from the meditation, things are going to come up, you know, yeah. potentially traumas from the past. Um, and then you, as, as I've gone through in this podcast with you, identifying things from your life that have, um, caused things to happen, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. and taking that time to be able to, to look at it from another angle. Yeah. But yeah, it is, it's definitely demystifying it because a lot of people are talking about it, but a lot of people have been talking about it for thousands of years. You know what I mean? It's a system <laughs> that's been around for a long time and, the, the system that I learned, I, I did a teacher training course in, at the end of last year, something I'll be offering soon, um, is, is a system, yeah. right? So it's a system. So you're not just sitting there going, what am I doing? There's, um, assist, it's a yogic lineage and basically it's pranayama and, and meditation and the specific yeah. practices that get you on to sit down, they get your body still, then they get your mind still, and then you go into um, the practice and these have been used for a long, long, long time. Yeah. Yeah. You're in like a process. You're not, you're not just laying on the fucking couch, hoping something happened. (laughs) (laughs) And the thing is, it's like, okay, woo, wah, woo, wah. Look at what is happening in our society at the moment on a, on a broad scale, you know, like people would be looking, people do look at it like this is madness. As you said, suicide rates going up. People are at a point where they're more connected with the phone and, and technology and have no idea about what we're talking about, our own, our own bodies and minds, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Which, uh, at the end of the day is, is all we really have. Yeah. Mate, it's pretty fucking cool. I've, I've, um, I've enjoyed chatting to you about like your experience. Uh, and it's just a, it's just a cool breadth of knowledge that you've built up, like from, you know, your journey sort of like, I, I I don't mean it like this for everybody listening. I, I hate when people say it to me because I don't feel like that at all. But, you know, like inverted commas from the streets, like that mm, line yeah, yeah, where you're yeah, like yeah. up and down on the trains, just out having fun. Yeah, That sort of mentality right through to this kind of new way, spiritual way of thinking about things. Um, it's really cool, mate. And it's really relatable. And, and yeah, it's cool. So I'd recommend uh, everybody go check out Doozer's music um, on Spotify. He's got a couple of awesome songs there. And the podcast is great too, you know, particularly if you're from Melbourne and on the Frankston line, you know, yeah. not and, uh, limited to that, but yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and yeah, shout out to anyone that is going through it at the moment. Like you, you, you can get through it and life's too short, man, to, to, to be, to be down and be sad. We have, we have one shot at this lifetime and I think we all deserve to have a good run. So. Awesome, mate. Awesome. All right. I'll make sure I uh, land your, um, your details for Spotify in the, in the um show notes and and mate i just appreciate you coming on because again like just quickly to finish uh, i think your 
you know, like your story is actually pretty close to mine. Um, Mm. But before, before you jumped on, you said, you know, like, it's not that like classic, like a heroin addict whacking Mm. up kind of thing. Right. And I actually think that that's probably, that's actually the smaller percentage of people and more people relate to, you know, your, your type of story where you're kind of partying hard, like tipping over into that addiction stage, which a lot of people find themselves at that like crossroads, you know, and then Mm. they're like, fuck. And that holds them back from getting help and things can get worse. And yeah. Actually, let me just add as well. You've just sparked something here. I should really should do dog points before these. So we get everything in But um, (laughs) is what you are right. It is relatable, right? Because people go through this, they get a job then that they're, you know, really not enjoying. And then they go into adulthood without actually fixing any of this and pass it on to their kids and pass it on to their wives. And then they end up getting divorced. And then this is the regurgitating cycle. This is what we need to break. Yeah. Is getting in touch with why is that happening and, and doing the, the healing before you pass that on. It's your responsibility as, a, as an elder, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I love it, mate. I love it. Hey, thanks so much for coming on and uh, we'll have you back soon, I'm sure. Legend, brother. Have a great day. Cheers, mate. There you go, everybody. Another episode of Real Drug Talk done and dusted. Um, again, thanks so much for dudes for coming on the podcast and for anybody listening, um, I think, you know, if you've experienced some of the things that dudes talked about in the podcast, uh, you relate to some of the music that he puts out there. And if you're like a drug and alcohol worker or someone working in the community service space, um, to kind of listen to some of, uh, dudes deep down under, uh, shows and also, um, uh, his music, I think it, kind of taps into the drug using culture a lot and how people are thinking and feeling and you know what what it's actually like for people going through that so it could be a really good reference just to kind of connect with people and stuff so again i'd highly recommend that you check all his stuff out um again if anybody listening to this is struggling with uh addictions and they don't want to engage in the traditional rehab system um we teach people how to transform their lives out of addiction without having to go to rehab so if that's of interest to you links and supports are in the description um and until next week everybody we'll uh see you then all right have a great weekend stay safe um and yeah just fucking enjoy the sun and as do said at the end there be happy it's better than being sad if you can all right peace out everybody bye